Amen. Well, uh, it's good to see that so many people wore the same pattern that I wore today. <laughs> We're going to have a group picture after church. No, we're not going to do that. Um, people will think we're a cult. We don't want that to happen, so uh, that's not going to take place. But uh, no, it's good to uh, it's good to see you all this morning. It's good to be in church. Amen. 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 Uh, you know, it's it's always uh, good to see when uh, we're adding to the stage and they're building me a runway, <laughs> so I can come right out there with you guys. So that's that's going to be fun. Um, no, I'm not sure. I don't think I'm going to step on that. I, I don't know what's under there. Doug's saying, no, don't do that. Don't step on it. No, no, no. Um, it's really good to be here today. I, I hope that you've had a good morning. Have you had a good morning? I had a rough morning. Okay. Um, I, I tried. How many of you have contacts? Anybody? Yeah? A few? I don't know what, have you ever put your contact in and it felt like you were putting sandpaper in your eye? That happened to me this morning. And I, and my eye was just like flooding. It, it literally was just flooding. It just, it's amazing how much moisture can come out of your eyeball when it hurts. Uh, and, and my eye was just flooding and I couldn't get the contact out because it hurt to touch my eye. And I finally got it out and rinsed it off, put it back in and it's fine. But it was rough. It was rough. You know, when we come together, we're here to, to praise the Lord, right? And we've been doing that today. It's been good. It's been fun. Uh, I want to talk to you today about some things that uh, concern the time in which Jesus came. And that's where we're, we're beginning that today. This is, this is the first Sunday of Advent, as you know, as you can tell. And as we begin Advent, we're beginning to talk about Jesus coming to earth. And isn't that fun to talk about? I love Christmas. Do you love Christmas? I love Christmas. I love the time of year. I love the fact that we have a lot of different things that we do during Christmas. And it's, it's kind of repetitive. We do it all the time. But it's fun stuff. And it's stuff that we enjoy doing together. And, and I hope that you'll be a part of what we're doing. You know, the, the caroling, the cookies the cocoa, uh, all of those kind of good things. I hope that you're, uh, if you can, like I said, I, I kind of um, reposted the, the great video that CJ and Wesley did about the uh, wearing red today. Uh, and, and basically I said, yes, do it, do it, wear red. But if you can't or if you haven't heard about it, we are so glad you're here and not wearing red. It's okay. It's okay. But... But I hope that you'll do that if you can. Next Sunday's green, and so we're all going to be wearing green if we can. Uh, but those who, who aren't, we're going to be so glad that you're here wearing whatever color you're wearing. But uh, it's so fun to do all of these different things, and we're excited about it. Uh, I do welcome those who are online. It's good that, uh, that you're with us today, and uh, we're so excited that you have... Uh, turned us on, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, and, and you're watching and you're following along and participating in that way. I want to talk about the word rejoice today. Rejo we've been singing that, haven't we? 
It's, it's come up several times already this morning. Rejoice. And rejoice is a, an interesting word. Here's some simon, synonyms for rejoice. Cheer. Be glad. Celebrate. Express joy. Happiness. Pleasure. Jubilation. Those are some great words, aren't they? You like those words? Those are fun words, right? And, and it's interesting because when you think about the word rejoice, rejoice is an interesting word because it really is a word that we use really just for spiritual stuff, not so much for other things. Like you, you don't find a $20 bill in, the, in your wallet or in the bottom of your purse and say, oh, I found a $20 bill and I rejoiced. Uh, we don't normally use that word for things like that, you know. We don't say, the Browns won on Sunday and we rejoiced. Well, we don't say that because they hardly ever win on Sunday, right? Yeah, I know. Hey, I'm a Browns fan. It's, it's, it's rough. It's rough being a Browns fan. But we don't use that word for things like that. You know, it's, it's really a spiritual word. And so uh, when we talk about rejoice, we're talking about a word that we use really exclusively when we're talking about God, the Lord, Jesus. And it comes from a Greek word, uh, chairo. And, and that word really has a, a, a biblical, spiritual meaning. And, and basically, uh, rejoice in Scripture is best understood that we are jubilant for God's grace and favor. We are jubilant for God's grace and favor. And I like that. I like that a lot. So I'm going to uh, ask you if you'll stand with me. We're going to stand. We're going to read Matthew uh, this morning. This is going to be just uh, one of many times that we read kind of through the Christmas story together the next for the next month or so and it's going to be great as we do that so this is Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 11 we're going to read these verses and uh, we're just going to just kind of uh, read and just kind of try to put your mind in this place uh, where Jesus was born it says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and, the scri and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. 
After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Amen? Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? Amen? You may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you for standing with me. All right, uh, so I want to go back to verse 10, and I want to show you this verse in a different version. Uh, this is in the, that was in the CSB. This is in the ESV, and it says in the ESV, when they saw the star, they rejoiced, there's that word, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Uh, I love that because um, when I think of that, I think of the words, uh, Christ the Savior is born with an exclamation mark. That's kind of like rejoicing with exceedingly great joy. Uh, it gives us reason to rejoice when we think about Jesus being born. We're rejoicing in the love and the grace of God that moved God to come into our world in the flesh. And we rejoice because the Savior came into the world to save us from our sin. Amen? Are you, are you happy about that this morning? I am so happy about that this morning. At the moment in time Jesus' birth, uh, in the time of Jesus' birth, the world would never be the same. And the world didn't even realize it. You know that? Jesus was born and the world would never be the same and the world had no clue what had just taken place. The world was, was clueless. And the world is clueless, isn't it? It really is. Well, the people should have realized it. There were, there were uh, signs, there were wonders. We think of the star we read about in the scripture. We think about the star that appeared and that we realized that uh, the wise men were following that star because of things that were written. And when we go into the scripture, we go into the Old Testament, we see in the Old Testament there were both, uh, there were both prophecies and covenants, prophecies and covenants that were given in the Old Testament that pointed towards Jesus. It was like big neon signs saying, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. I want to give you some of those scripture references uh, today, and you can jot them down if you want to. You can jot them down on your, on your handout or on uh, a piece of paper in your Bible, or just go to them in your Bible and maybe highlight them, whatever you want to do. But there were some prophecies that talked about Jesus, and uh, right in the beginning, Genesis 3.15, Genesis 3.15 was a prophecy uh, given, and it was pointing towards Jesus. Uh, another one was Isaiah 53.5, Isaiah 53.5. So we have Genesis 3.15, Isaiah 53.5. Those were both uh, prophecies that were pointing towards Jesus and giving a clear picture of, hey, this is what is going to take place. Now, now what's interesting about that is, you know, when you start thinking about these prophecies, you say, well, 
Pastor, you just gave us two. Were there more? Oh, there's so many more. <laughs> I, we, we don't have time this morning to go through all the references, but there, that's just a couple of them. Now, when you think about the covenants and the covenants that God made with Israel, God made the covenants with uh, his people, Israel, and these covenants also were pointing towards Jesus. Let me give you a couple scriptures for that. And again, there are many of these, but I'll just give you a couple this morning. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. God making a covenant with Abraham. And, and really that covenant was pointing towards Jesus. Uh, there's another one that I want to give you this morning. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Just some, uh, a couple of the covenants that we see God giving his people. And really, it's just great because it points towards Jesus. So Jesus came to earth, and as he came to earth, he came to earth with really no fanfare, no hoopla. Uh, you think about, like, let's just, just think about how, you know, some countries have royalty, right? And in those countries where they have royalty... If there is a baby that's going to be born, everyone knows about it, right? Everyone knows about it. It's a huge deal. Everybody's like expecting it and they're covering it on the news and it's like big, big, big news and all of this stuff. Well, when Jesus came, who is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he's the creator of all, all creation, uh, creator of the universe, uh, he came and there was really no hoopla no fanfare. I mean, the most hoopla and fanfare that he received was the angels appeared to shepherds. It's really incredible. It's really incredible how God did that. God had a plan, though. Now, can you imagine how the birth of Jesus changed the world? And how his birth was obscure to the vast majority of people. But, but we have some who are rejoicing in this story. Uh, we read kind of like the back part of the story. But when we read the whole story in its entirety and we put kind of like Matthew and Luke together and kind of put those uh, stories together of Jesus' birth, we see that there were some people who were rejoicing. Mary and Joseph, they were rejoicing, right? Well, that's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? Parents rejoice when their baby's born. You know, they, 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 get, they get glad. They, they get that feeling. Um, our family has just recently had a couple babies born. And they're, they're grandchildren to Barbie and I. But we've been able to experience that joy that happens with the birth. And it's really exciting. It's really exciting to hear that the baby's on its way. And you're, there's a lot of anticipation. And then when the baby's born, it's like so exciting. And you're waiting. At least we were, were waiting for the name. We're waiting for, you know, how big. And waiting for pictures and all of that. And we're excited. We're excited. And so that's natural. But I know, I really believe this with all my heart, that Mary and Joseph 
they had an extra level of excitement. And why did they have an extra level of excitement? Because they knew that this was God's promised child. This was something totally different. And so they were rejoicing, and the angels rejoiced, and the shepherds rejoiced, and the, the animals, I think the animals rejoiced. Um, those of you who, who love animals, do you think maybe they were rejoicing? Yeah? I think so. I, because I think the animals kind of understood, hey, you know, the creator is here with us. So those sheep, they were maybe a little more noisy. Know. And it isn't isn't it amazing that two thousand years later in Talmadge, Ohio, that we're still rejoicing. It's incredible, isn't it? I think it's incredible. We still have the opportunity to sound his praises and we can still join our voices with the angels and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the animals and our hearts are still filled with gladness for the amazing grace of God through Jesus the Son. And our Savior has been born and that phrase still means the world to us. The coming of Jesus changed everything and it still has something that, that it, deep within us it causes jubilation. It causes that exuberance. It causes that re rejoicing that we have. And, and we're able to come together on a Sunday morning when it's raining and it's miserable looking outside. And we're able to come through those doors and come together. And as we come together, we're all together and we're experiencing this fellowship together. Why are we having fellowship together? Because of Jesus and as we're coming together and we began to sing the songs and read the scriptures and do the Advent and pray the prayers, we're rejoicing in our heart. We're excited about what Jesus is doing in our lives. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Do you want to know, do you want to know why Jesus? That's our, that's our theme that's our theme for this Advent time. Why Jesus? You want to know why Jesus? There's a scripture that I want to show you. and it's, it's a start to this Advent season. This is a start to why Jesus today. This is Isaiah 7.14. And this is actually from the New Living Translation. I wanted to read that version to you because of of how it says this there at the end. It says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Will you say that with me? God is with us. presence of God. The presence of God. It's so wonderful. I, I, I love this because as, as I was thinking about this scripture, as I was thinking about God with us, the first thing I thought about is I, I thought about, you know, because this is from Isaiah. This, this scripture is from Isaiah. And in this time that this was written, 
God with us meant something different to them than it does to us today. For them, God with us meant that in the temple, in, in the tabernacle, there was a place in the tabernacle, and that place in the tabernacle was called the Holy of Holies. And that was where the presence of God was. All the people knew that the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was separated by a great curtain. And that great curtain separated the Holy of Holies where God's presence was with the rest of the temple, the rest of the tabernacle. And all the people realized that if you wanted to be in the presence of God, you had to be in the Holy of Holies. But there was only one person that could go into the Holy of Holies. And that was the priest. And so this was the idea of the presence of God in that time in which Isaiah was writing these words. But as he's talking about Jesus coming... As he's talking about the birth of Christ and the life of Jesus and what Jesus was going to accomplish, he was saying he is going to be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And he was going to change all that. And you'll remember that when Jesus died on the cross, that as he died on the cross, there were many different things that took place at his moment of death. But one of the things that took place was that great big curtain to the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was. That great big curtain split in two from top to bottom. It was God tearing it apart. And God was saying, I'm not going to dwell in places built with hands any longer. I'm going to dwell in your hearts. God with us. I, I love that because that means so much to me. That means so much to me. And, and I think that means so much to all of us. It, through Jesus, God has given us his presence. And folks, that is a big deal. That is a, a really big deal. We cannot take the presence of God lightly. We have got to make sure that the presence of God means something to us that's meaningful. And, 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 I, and I love the presence of God. I was on sabbatical many years ago. I, I can't really remember how long ago it was now. I think it was 2013 I went on sabbatical, 2012, 2013. And I remember I was on sabbatical and I was in a place over in, in Dayton, near Dayton, Ohio. And I was at this place and, and I was just trying to, they had a prayer cabin. Uh, it was like a little chapel out in the woods. And all that was in there was a pew and an altar and some hymnals. And I remember I was, I was just... I was just trying to get close to God. I was trying to sense his presence in my life. And I didn't know what else to do. I, I got down on my knees on the altar that was in there. I opened one of the hymnals. I started reading through some, some hymns, some songs. And I just started thanking him for what those songs were talking about. I just started thanking him. I started praising him. 
and I started just thinking about him, and, I, and I'm telling you, I could sense the presence of God in that place. It was like, it was like something I hadn't experienced before. His presence was so powerful there, and it was just so, I was like filled with awe, and I was just, I wanted to stay there. (laughs) I didn't want it to end. And I remember getting up after I don't know how long and, and, and leaving that place, going back to the house, and I was thinking all the way back to the house, there, there isn't any reason why this has to happen only in a prayer cabin out in the middle of the woods. Because the presence of God is with us always. Always. It's a big deal, folks. Now, we talk about his presence in a, in a setting like this. Um, but it isn't in only a setting like this. I, one of the things that that, uh, that Susan said, you know, we come to this building, right? But God doesn't, God doesn't dwell here. Like when we leave, God isn't saying, "Hey, goodbye. I hope we'll see you next week." You know, <laughs> God is within us. We bring His presence with us. You know, and it's, that's very important. Uh, I, I, you know, I've only been here officially since July, and I love this place. I love our facility. I am amazed at what God has blessed us with. I want to be a great steward of it. I want to do, you know, I want to do everything that, that, that I should do to, to uh, embrace what God has given us. But if this, if something happened and this was like burned down or taken apart, or, or something happened and the building was gone, that wouldn't mean that the church is gone. Because he dwells within us. We're the church. God with us. It's so precious. It's so special. It, uh, you know, his presence is not only collective, and it is collective. Uh, it says in Matthew that Jesus said, uh, you know, um, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So it it is collective. We understand that when we come together, we're gathering together in his name, that he's here. He's here this morning, right? But it isn't just collective. (laughs) He is with you where you are, wherever you go. Like some of you, you, you know, you have to go to work and, and maybe it's a drag, maybe it's a hassle, maybe it's difficult. Well, you know what? You're not going alone. God is with you. You are taking the Lord with you wherever you go. If it's work, if it's family, if it's your neighborhood, no matter where it is, God is with you. And it is just an, an amazing promise. It makes all the difference in the world. What, what is it like to have someone uh, by your side who, who truly cares about you? Do you? Is that meaningful? Is that meaningful? If you have someone by your side that cares about you? It's meaningful, isn't it? What if you're going through a tough time and there's someone by your side that loves you and cares about you? That's very meaningful, isn't it? 
I mean, it's, that, that means a lot. I, I remember I, I did a funeral many years ago, and this, this, looking back on the many funerals that I've done, this one funeral was probably the most difficult funeral that I did over the many years. Uh, I won't get into much detail, but it was, a, it was a funeral of a man who died a horrific, a horrific death. And I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I didn't know the family. Okay? It's one of those deals where they didn't have any pastoral connection whatsoever, and so I got a phone call. Okay? And so I did this funeral of this man. I didn't know. I didn't know the family, and he had died this horrific death. What was worse is because he had been estranged of his family. Uh, they, him and his family had not been together much over many years. They, didn't tell, they couldn't tell me hardly anything about him. So here I am doing this funeral of this man who died this horrific death. I didn't know him. I didn't know the family. And the family didn't really know him. And they couldn't tell me much about him. It was a rough funeral. But I remember as I was standing there doing that funeral, I looked down and I saw my wife. That one face in the crowd that was smiling at me, that was nodding at me, that was trying to help me to understand that I was on track with what I was preaching, with what I was, with what I was sharing, meant the world to me. But what about those times that that one person can't even be there? Because they can't always be there. I've been in situations where I've gone into strenuous meetings, <laughs> difficult times in which I'm, I'm facing somebody that, that, that uh, I wasn't sure how they were going to act or react to me. Then what do I do? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. <laughs> He's with me. He's with me. No matter what I'm going through, he's with me. And, and you may be sitting out there this morning, you may be listening online, and you may be thinking, but I don't have family, or I don't have that one person. You do have that one person because you can have Jesus by your side no matter what you're going through, no matter what is happening in life. You can have him within you, beside you, all around you, helping you through anything that you go through. He will not disappoint. He will not let you down. He is God with us, Emmanuel. Here's another scripture. It's... Uh, this one is from Matthew chapter 28. And I love, I love Matthew chapter 28. It's, it's just a, a scripture that gives us um, our marching orders, right? Uh, it says, go. What, what have I said before? When, when a sentence starts with a verb, it is an imperative sentence. It is giving us a command. It's telling us to get with it, right? And that's what this is. And Jesus said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. And remember, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. I think a lot of times we read that scripture and we concentrate on the go, right? And we should. We should. We can't forget that part. That's, that was the, the thing that Jesus was telling us to do. And so we concentrate on the go, and that's okay. But we should pay more attention to that last sentence. Because that last sentence, that last phrase, Jesus is telling us to remember that he's always with us, that he's, that he's always present in our lives. By the presence of Jesus, we have assurance of God's love. We have assurance of God's comfort when our heart is breaking. We have assurance of God's peace when our life gets stormy. And we have assurance of hope for a better tomorrow. Amen. All right. Knowing that Jesus walks with me no matter what my circumstances helps me deal with whatever life throws my way. I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm going to give you a list of things that I thought of here, okay? He's my strength when I feel weak. He's my companion when I feel lonely. He's my wisdom when I feel ignorant. He's my love when I feel unlovable. He's my joy when I'm sad. He's my hope when all my options have been exhausted. He's my purpose when I can't figure out why I'm here. He's my salvation when I'm deep in sin. I, I, really, I mean, he's all of this and more. He's all of this and more. His presence in my life is what fulfills me. His presence makes me uh, what I am today. His presence within me gives me grace for others, patience for people, love for the stranger, compassion for the downtrodden. That's Jesus in me that does that. Okay? So uh, do I have any of those things? Do I have, uh, do I have grace for others? Do I have uh, patience for people? Do I have love for the stranger? Do I have compassion for the downtrodden? Do I have any of those things without him? No. Maybe on my best day I might have one of those things. But on my average day, no. And on my worst day, oh, look out. I wouldn't be fun to be around at all. It is Jesus. It, it is his presence within me. It is that he is present in my life. makes me what I am today. I just as I said that, I just it just kind of flooded over me. That's that's real, folks. That's
when Jesus was born, it changed the world. And you know how it changed the world? It changed the world one person at a time. One person at a time. Why Jesus? Because he came not to dwell in temples made with hands, but to be present in our lives and make us into new people. So today we rejoice because of the presence of God in our lives through Jesus manifested to us by the grace of God. We have reason this morning to rejoice, to be exuberant, to show jubilation and celebrate and cheer. <laughs> and cheer. Amen. For what God did was temporary. <laughs> I, you know, I just making sure you guys are still with me, all right? For what God did was eternal. Amen? Right on. It was eternal. He made our hope not in this world, but in his eternal presence within us. And in light of the truth of Emmanuel, God with us, I say thanks be to God for his indescribable gift right on right on there's a couple things that I want you to think about as we wrap up in what ways do you sense God's presence in your life I just I want you to think about that I want you to contemplate that I want you to think about it enough to come up with some, some answers for that. In what ways do you um, sense God's presence in your life? And what does God's presence in your life mean for your peace, your confidence, and your purpose? Now, as you go through this Christmas season that we're, we're starting today, and I'm I'm officially telling you this is the Christmas season, all right? As you go through this Christmas season, starting today, I want you to think about Emmanuel, God with us. I want you to think about that each day. As you wake up in the morning, Emmanuel, God is with me. You see how that changes your day. You see what that does to uh, your purpose for that day, your plan for that day, how you act that day, how you react that day. God is with you. He will be your strength. He will be your guide. He may guide you back into place in a way that hurts a little. Ouch. But that's okay because he has your best interest in his heart. He loves you enough to correct, right? He is with us. He loves us. Isn't that great? Rejoice, church. Amen. Please stand with me. I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much for the scriptures that remind us that you are with us. And Lord, as we read that scripture in Isaiah and it got down to 
that word, that word that we use, Emmanuel. Such a wonderful word, Lord, and we just thank you and praise you for that description. Because, Lord, in that description, Lord, there's reality. The reality of, Lord, you being with us, no matter what is going on in our life. Lord, there may be somebody here this morning that they're going through some difficult times. And they need that one that's going to be right beside them. They need that face in the crowd that will be looking at them, smiling, nodding, shaking their head, and giving them encouragement. Lord, that's you. We believe that's you. May your presence be so real in each one of our lives that, Lord, it will affect the way that we live our lives for you. It will affect our day. It will affect what we do, what we say, how we act, how we react. Lord, that we'll wake up in the morning with the idea and the thought and the reminder, Emmanuel, you are with us. And, Lord, it will cause us to rejoice and praise you and thank you because, Lord, your grace has brought your presence into our lives. We thank you for all of this. We thank you for the Christmas season and what we can do and how we can help people see you and experience you during this Christmas season time. We give you this. We give you ourselves. And in Jesus' name we pray.